Hello and welcome to another episode of the Massage Matters podcast with me, Matt Scarsbrook, Anna-Maria Mazzieri and Becky DeMott-Horton. So for this episode, we are doing a Therapy Expo special and we have been joined by two of the most key keynote speakers we could possibly rummage up this late in the day. Uh, no, uh, we've been um, really fortunate to be able to get hold of both Mike James and uh, and Claire Minchel, um, who are joining us from different parts of the world. Claire, to be fair, isn't actually sure what part of the world she is in at the moment. She is so busy with uh, her different courses. Um, but Mike, we're fairly sure is in Wales if the internet connection is anything to go by. So, guys, thank you so much for for joining us for this. Um, really, this is an opportunity, I suppose, to to talk about your roles at Therapy Expo coming up, um, and uh, and what you're looking forward to uh, at Therapy Expo as well. Because let's face it, for a lot of therapists, this is the first time in nearly two years people will have seen each other face to face. And whilst I think it's fair to say. You know, the, the two of you as um, speakers in your own rights have really uh, kind of taken to the web and delivered some phenomenal online content. I think it's fair to say that people are really looking forward to seeing you in the flesh as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so welcome. So, Claire, um, maybe if we could uh, if we could start with you, um, <laughs> where are you at the moment? What are you up to? And then uh, more more particularly, uh, what are you uh, what are you going to be talking about at Therapy Expo? Uh, well, thanks for inviting me on, guys, and uh, the lovely intro. Um, right now, I'm pretty sure I'm in Stratford, so uh, I'm running a course um, in uh, Evesham. Sorry, Evesham, and yeah, so it's not far away. So uh, yeah, lovely two day course. Um, and um, so uh, what am I speaking on at Therapy Expo? Uh, well, I think I'm, I've got two course, uh, two, two sessions. Um, I think only one's listed at cur- currently. So the main uh, one of them is uh, on blood flow restriction training. So I was quite keen to explore some of the adjuncts to, to conditioning and rehabilitation um, in these next series of, of talks. Um, so previously I've spoken around different ways of structuring exercise, thinking about specificity, thinking about concurrent training, thinking about um, crossover and cross-education effect. But um, I think it's quite interesting to explore some of the, the other things that can also be a, a tool to, to help um, when you know, you're struggling to, to create, for example, the overload that you want or the, the training, the conditioning, the rehabilitation that you want for, for clinical reasons. So we've got a lot of tools that are potentially available to us, um, but not all of them have a very good evidence base. So there was, there's quite a few things that we could think about. Um, whole body vibration is one, uh, but we've gone for uh, blood flow restriction training um, in this particular talk. So I'm really looking forward to getting into into that for the 40 minutes. Yeah, that's, that, is a, uh, that is a particularly interesting one because it's one that you see creeping in a bit more at sort of, well, definitely obviously at the elite level, but certainly um, in, in gyms around the country, you see people mm. kind of talking about doing a bit of blood flow restriction training to be frank, even if they're not actually injured. Um, and, and then there's this sort of, I guess, 
misunderstanding perhaps about how it can be applied, why it should be applied. But one of the things that I think is is really cool about the way that, well, frankly, you talk about all of your work is is that you've got to maintain the intensity when you're doing your rehab, when you're looking at strength, building strength in particular. And that's something that the, uh, the blood flow restriction can help with. Is that right? Well, I think that's the the advantage is that you don't have to maintain the intensity with this. So in I think some of the adjuncts that you you see um, and and are often dismissed are are because the it's been a popular topic somewhere and then it gets bro scienced or something and you see it in the gym and then um, immediately dismiss it, which when you see guys with tourniquets kind of wrapping it like round their arms and, and tying like, bits of rubber on, it just doesn't look effective. It probably looks dangerous. <laughs> so from that perspective, yeah, you can, things like that can get a bad rep. But when actually you look at the proper application of it, then there is, in this instance, there is a real efficacy to it. And the advantage of blood flow restriction training uh, within rehabilitation settings is that you don't have to maintain that exceptionally high level of force output and intensity to gain some muscular strength and even cross-sectional area hypertrophic changes um and that can be a real issue you know in in certain populations or in certain conditions where loading is a problem and you're not going to be able to load up but you do want to either attenuate strength losses or you want to try and make some strength gains in preparation for higher intensity loading then that can really be of use. You used it recently for your own recovery, didn't you, Claire? I did. I did, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think uh, I did a few sessions uh, on that. Uh, and, yeah, again, because I was really restricted in what I could I could do uh, from, you know, the, the, the crash that I had on my bike and the, the surgery thereafter, um, I still wanted to be active still try and maybe attenuate some of the losses um so yeah i i used i used it on myself did you see any of the kind of um what were the benefits that you saw were they in line with the research are you an outlier in that regard or were you sort of <laughs> quite comfortable with actually you fit nicely into that 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 model well i think probably uh, from I, i've done it before actually so i, I went through a more structured approach um, prior to being knocked off my bike um, and incorporated that into my res resistance training. In fact, it was during the first lockdown uh, where we were restricted to uh, equipment that we could use. So I thought this is an ideal time to try to try it. Um, and indeed, yeah, so I, I don't usually train to 15 or indeed 30 repetitions, um, but with a, a blood flow restriction, then yeah, you could certainly n equals one on me i could definitely see the the changes certainly in a, a hypertrophic sense and that's something that i struggle to to really maintain um or really get with particularly in in my lower limbs so that, that was um yeah interesting to see just just on me um but yeah in from a from an injury perspective and when i was kind of um i guess trying to limit losses, I was still losing. So um, I, I couldn't really 
I couldn't really measure. The, I didn't have a control condition. <laughs> I'm kind of wishing I'd um, picked your brains on that now. Um, so I've just come out of a cast from the last six weeks. of uh, I broke my hand. Um, oh, and no. so I haven't been able to lift anything because um, all I have is free weights. Um, and uh, now I'm wishing I'd got in contact and uh, <laughs> got some blood flow restriction going on. Because like you say, attenuate the losses more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you could have the you could do the cross education effect. You know, do the opposite side and or both. You know, maybe there's there's research looking now at um, just using the tourniquet post surgery. Particularly, obviously, everything's in the ACL, isn't it? You know, we all look. It's the main condition that everything gets researched in. But looking um, quite quite closely uh, or soon after surgery, just using the tourniquet and then deflate it without. Um, uh, any appreciable or significant muscle contraction, which would be the case within a cast, certainly if you know you need to maintain <laughs> or start limit movement. Um, but then thereafter, potentially, can, you can use it in conjunction with potentially electrical stimulation as well. Um, get really fancy, um, or indeed just just use your own voluntary efforts if you're able. Okay, so that particular talk sounding pretty cool. Um, and we know you've got another one. So we'll come back to that in just a moment, because we've got Mike, uh, who <laughs> I appreciate, Mike, you might have missed a little bit of that because of the internet connection. But um, you, Mike, you are, I think it's fair to say, uh, Therapy Expo this time around, you've got sort of two hats on, very much two hats on, haven't you? You've got the the, the therapist side, but then you've also got the, the business of therapy hat on as well, haven't you? Yeah, evening all. Apologies for my... Um... My dodgy South Australian internet, which is worse than ever. But yeah, I have. But um, of of my four talks, there's really three that will still be biased towards the clinical side, mm-hmm. um, and and then yeah, one which is much more from a, you could call it business, but it's it's got a clinical slant in some ways. So um, yeah, I'm busy this year. I've got four talks this year. Yeah, you're going to be bouncing around a lot. <laughs> they did. They clashed. We've had to have some back and forths where they'd. Um, they put the first draft out, and I was literally a, a. I think I had a, a sprint from one stage to the next. When they revised it, I needed to shape shift to be in two places at once. <laughs> and I think finally now they've, they've got it that I'm. Uh, I, I cannot turn up in Lycra enough to sprint from stage to stage, which will be pleasing for everyone. This this is the problem with being such a a, a well known therapist, though. It's that they want you everywhere, all the time, all at once. So moving forward then, I guess, for you guys, what, what is it about, why Therapy Expo? What is it about Therapy Expo in particular or, or just exhibitions where we all get together as therapists? What is it that, uh, that, that does it for you? Why, why say yes? Why go to the trouble of running around four different locations all at once to, to give four different talks or in uh, Claire's case, possibly give a second talk when the rest of the uh, timetable pops up? <laughs> I think, I think for me, I always like, you know, there's a lot of things in the world that have changed for the better as far as education, communicating and stuff goes. But I'm old school. I like to touch skin. I like to meet people, look people in the eye. I like that whole being in a room with a lot of people. And um, so that is Expos in general. With Therapy Expo, I've always had a soft spot for it. Um, the calendar always suits me. My, my personal sort of teaching stuff, but a conclusion at the start of December, I tend to have a bit of a month off over Christmas. So this is almost like the end of my calendar year. So I've always enjoyed that. 
last week of November, you turn up, there's normally a few Christmas trees up and people are in good spirits. So I like that. But I think on a, on a more professional level as well, um, the diversity of Therapy Expo is something I always like. So you can quite easily draw yourself to a, an exhibition or a conference that's right in your sort of wheelhouse or fits your biases. There's very few conferences these days that have such an expanse of topics and speakers and, and uh, exhibitors. Therapy Expo is always good for giving you that broad sense. So I'll sit in and listen to talks that I may never have listened to without the ability of turning up at Therapy Expo. I'll meet people and speak to people that I might never have, have been able to, likewise catch up with old people. I think I met Claire first time ever at Therapy Expo mm -hmm. a few years ago. But, um, but also, and I think Therapy Expo in some ways has always got a bit of a bad rep for some of the exhibitors that are there, some of the things that may not be, be, be as evidence-based as others. I like to practice what I preach about making your own decisions. There's too many people who base their opinions on the opinions of others, hearsay or conjecture. So turn up to somewhere like Therapy Expo, speak to these people who are selling things or advertising things, get conversations and information out of them and make your own judgments whether you think some of their things are validated or not and, and really sort of be open-minded to the things. And, and there's very little out there in, in our industry that offers a better forum for those things than, than Therapy Expo. Actually, that's where we probably can have a bigger impact, even if, you know, if we think, oh, you know, they're, they're not evidence-based or might be some, you know, some uh, um, less than, uh, uh, yeah, less than evidence-based uh, speaks, uh, we can have speeches, we can actually go there and have a, have a, have a conversation with them and maybe, maybe introduce, introduce something that they might not have thought before. That's why you make changes, I think. Otherwise, it's so easy to to fill ourselves in eco chambers. Well, I, I know, I know lots of therapists, some high profile as well, who boycott Therapy Expo or, or, or criticise it. And, you know, where, as you say, is a better place to change than change it from within. Mm. And, he, and that's not a case of, you know, I'm going to stand at the back and heckle some of these talks or, or anything like that. It's well, I'm going to volunteer myself to give a talk on something and put it in a different perspective or offer a counter-argument to, to what may be the narrative that's being pushed to the masses. It is quite yeah. a nice opportunity as well, though, I suppose, to be able to ask questions. Um, because I, I suppose one of the, <clears throat> you know, we can, we can talk about social media till we're blue in the face, but there's, there's, there's an opportunity to ask questions on social media. But because we are, by definition, keyboard warriors when we're doing so there's a there's a humanity that's lost when you're trying to ask those questions and and so you almost end up putting people's back up highly unintentionally a lot of the time simply by asking the question whereas at least when you can be face to face and you can be in a room and you can start asking some of those questions and dive a little bit deeper you know it's one of the things that i would like you like you say mike i'd encourage people to to go and see talks that they perhaps wouldn't do otherwise and ask questions you know try and try and encourage the speaker to explore that point a little bit more rather than kind of just take it for granted um and i think that's much much easier to do in a in a face-to-face -face forum than it is uh online if you will yeah and the nuance of the question that's not lost on social media you know i, I remember uh run chat live a few years ago you know youtube were really probing with some questions around some of the topics that were talked about 
But because you were there, those those questions weren't misinterpreted in what your intentions were or what you, you meant from it. They were taken genuinely as an inquisitive challenge to the topic that was being talked about. And it fostered, and it fostered a really good conversation that those indirectly listening were also benefiting from as well. If it was in a Facebook group, we would have been uh, thrown out, like we always are. <laughs> We've been silenced or thrown out. And we all, well, we all know the spirals and the patterns that these online debates end up going in, and they're never healthy or productive at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with, with violently with everyone. <laughs> in the, the um, you know, being in person, and, and I think now just getting back to face-to-face -face teaching as well it's just it's really nice i mean the internet is fabulous and it's mean meant that we can be all connected but you know being in an environment with people um seeing people face to face like you're saying like um catching up with people making new contacts and and friends and seeing colleagues is is a really nice environment we're social animals most of us are anyway uh, so that that's really nice, and and the point about um, you know therapy expo uh, that we were just just discussing there, where is it that um, you know whose job is it to make sure that everything that's being spoken about is evidence based because that's an opinion as well. So if you think about the peer review process, it's the peers, your peers, your academic peers within. Um, publishing that determine whether or not it's got a, a, a robust scientific methodology, whether you know it's got an impact, whether where it stands in the position of that literature and how how much it's offering in terms of novelty, and that's a, a you know a whole peer review, and it's it's not based on on one person, but yet when you read it, you know it's got some quality assurance, but then when you read that paper, it's upon you then to make that interpretation of its quality, its relevance, um, and, and critique it. And I think it's very, it's the same for, for going to, to conferences. You, as an intelligent individual, can determine whether or not you agree or disagree with that, that person, what they're saying. And you have the opportunity to also ask their opinion, probe them, as you know, you were all saying, ask the, the, the questions. Um, and indeed, if you disagree, therapy expert I'm sure would say yes if you put yourself forward and put yourself on that stage and go this is what I have to say and, and put you know put your head above the parapet too so <clears throat> it's a it's not everything is going to be as I'd, I think the point I'm making is it's not somebody's singular singular job to determine the um efficacy or the evidence base for absolutely everything in that room because everybody has got an op opinion so hopefully it's got some reasonable um uh positioning within therapy within conditioning and then then it's down to you to really find out you know ask the questions do a little bit of research yeah well this is one of the interesting points and <clears throat> on the basis that uh in a in a timeline uh for us speaking this evening it's not long come out our uh, last podcast episode so i will forgive both of you for not having listened to it um but we 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 had the opportunity to uh, to sit down and speak with shelly williams and liam richardson who so shelly is the event director for therapy expo and liam is the uh he's kind of the lead on content particularly for healthcare and one of the uh the 
points they were making is they are a new team, you know, um, themselves and their marketing team, and their sales team. They're all they're all working together uh, for the first time, really, when it comes to Therapy Expo. Um, and, uh, you know, Liam himself, you know, looking at the content side of things, he is new to this industry as well. But what they bring to the table is an expertise in organizing events. They they are not therapists that you know that is not their expertise their expertise is making sure that it's a damn good event that occur that definitely occurs over two days that is you know up to speed with all of the covid security etc etc and that people get to the right place at the right time and and that the event runs smoothly when it comes to the content obviously liam does have to lean then into us uh, as therapists as a community of therapists to go well kind of you know which which direction should we be going what's what's of interest at the moment what's new um you know shelly makes the point that uh, a previous criticism of therapy live therapy live oops uh therapy expo uh is that um it's it's been kind of re reusing similar speakers year in year out and and they were looking for to freshen things up a little bit and you know i i must admit i i looked at some of the the, the talks that are up <clears throat> for this year and i sort of thought mm, that's interesting um you know i i, I wonder what angle uh, that particular talk is going to take but i think you're right i think you know as a community of therapists, if this show is for us, as Shelley said on our last podcast, you know, this is a, ther this is a therapy show for therapists, then as therapists, we, we need to be able to go there. We need to be able to appraise it. And then also probably we need to be prepared to feedback in order to make the next show, you know, better again. So on that basis, is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to on out of the talks this yes, year. Yes, our talk, obviously, Matt. Well, clearly, they yeah. are looking forward to coming, <laughs> listen to us talking. That's yeah. 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 For, for our for our listeners, Anna Maria is particularly excited about this because uh, this is the first time that the three of us as the Massage Collective will actually be um, on stage together. In fact, I only saw Becky in the flesh for the first time last week uh, in in nearly eighteen months. So this will be the first time we're on stage together doing any kind of talk. Um, and I'm I'm working very hard on uh, on Anna Maria to try and get the choreography down right, so that when she walks on to that incredible music, that she she just rocks the house as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, so Anna Maria is very very excited about about our particular talks, but it's not about us, Anna. It's about Claire and Mike, and I want to know what Claire and Mike are excited about seeing. It's obviously Mike for me, apart from you guys, obviously. That Mike's, <laughs> Mike's talks for sure. I'm disappointed actually, so I can only make the Thursday. And I think that means I'm missing your. Am I missing your exercise prescription talk, Mike? On on when is that Wednesday? I think it is. Yeah. I think it's oh, one, yeah. damn it! Yeah. So I'm. I'm... You, you know what I'll be saying. The elephant. Yes, yeah, so that's exercise prescription. Time to address the elephant in the room. That one. Yeah, so uh, there's, there's therapy oxygen is always good for, as we just said, there's a, a great variety of things on offer and things that you might not ordinarily think about going to see. So from that perspective, there's, there's a load of things. So um, things that stood out for me on, on a quick glance through, and I have to admit, I have not studied the programme in detail, forgive me, just yet. And I, 
I, th I think that, that maybe there's some missing already on there, particularly on the, the second day. On the basis you're not there, Claire, then we can assume there's a few more that might need to be updated. <laughs> oh, may maybe I've been relegated. Maybe I am just, <laughs> maybe I'm not doing blood flow restriction anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, Rock Take always put on a good show, don't they? Um, but I, on, on Shockwave, that would be a, an interesting one to to listen to again these are on the days that i can't make it so um <laughs> i was gonna say the day you can't make it in the rock tape one there's dale and dan's gunfight now i'm actually really looking forward to that because clearly the title tells me absolutely nothing the only thing i can assume apart from the fight that the fact that dale walker is from bulletproof bodies and that kind of fits in with the gunfight i assume that there's going to be some discussion around um uh, our favorite power tool the uh massage gun Mike, what 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 are your thoughts? Well, I'm, I've worked with them in the military. Then, um, although I wouldn't be worried too much about Dale's guns, he's got Uzo sitting behind him, stacked with his guns. So, um, <laughs> so I'm gonna be careful. I completely agree with Claire that the, one of the highlights for me every year is the Movement Summit. The Rockford. They have some really good guys and girls talking about some really fantastic subjects. And if anyone has never sat and listened or, or given any attention to Rock Tip. One of the strengths of Rock Tip is they're really open-minded about the um, methodologies and applications of many of the things that they advocate themselves, and and that's always expressed in the talks that they give. So um, it's always jam-packed. There's always four people deep listening to those. Um, I think as a, as a general thing, I was I started earlier jotting down some of the um, some of the speeches, and I thought, you know what, if I start saying a couple of names. And being unfair to some of those other talks that I don't really know much about, so I think what um what I often do with it is is I get a feel of of what the general consensus is, who people are, you know, if if you chat to people in the first hour, what are you all looking forward to? And I'll tend to migrate to some of the ones there. I definitely always try to listen to one or two that I would ordinarily not think about going to. I try to force myself to go to some of the talks. They're almost, uh, and I really, if you see me at one of your talks, please don't think I mean this about you, but something that may disinterest me, something that I may just think that's not relevant to me or the circles that I work in, uh, and I'll go to it. I, I, what I don't do, if I'm honest, is I never go to um, any ones that I would wholeheartedly disagree with and know that it fundamentally would be a waste of time. I, I tend to just leave them. That's not productive use of my time. I'm not going to go there for a bun fight with anyone, so I'll just leave it. So if you see me at some talks, then then I've come because I've got a genuine interest and because something about what you're talking about is, is engaging me or wanting me to open my mind up about the subject matter. So um, so I'll definitely be choosing a couple of those. Rock tip is always something that, that I, um, I think about. There's the rumours clearly about the uh, smoke machine, the sequined gown, and the Ness and Dahmer entrance for Anna Maria that I can't miss. <laughs> yeah. I need to listen to. I'm not sure yeah. And see, sure and see the, the flesh. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, Claire, kudos. If, if you want the definition of an expert to me, it's someone who stands on stage with the title, Ask Me Anything. No. What have I done? What because have I done? Honestly, it is so easy to give yourself a blanket of confidence by narrowing what you're talking about so you know that you can answer any question that gets asked. 
to, to, have, to have the ability and knowledge to be able to go, no, you ask me anything. And that's not because Claire is saying she knows everything, but she's probably been asked every question under the sun in the last few years by the constant barrage that people give her on social media and on the courses. So yeah, I, no, there's not a new question for her. I love, I, I love that, actually, because, it, again, it puts it as uh, attendee-centred instead of, you know, speaker-centred. So, actually, you're giving yourself uh, to this audience. Uh, and I, I thought that was very, I, I thought that that was, uh, that was very interesting, the title for it. Yeah, well I done. I didn't think of a well title, done. so I just said, what, what about, no. Yeah, <laughs> no, brilliant. No, no, honestly, no, it's, it, it, I say that in jest. And, and thank you, Mike, for, for saying that. Um, and I really don't know everything, as, as you all well know. Clearly, I don't. Um, but I, I do feel comfortable in some areas. And I'm very, very up for uh, a discussion and a challenge. And um, I think what you were saying there, Mike, about not going to talks that you wholeheartedly disagree you know, with more than what people are saying for the sake of just going... Um, excuse me, and uh, kind of having a, a fight. Um, that's that's not what this is about. It's about if I've got any knowledge that I can help you with, and I can give that to you, then that's my pleasure for doing that. And if I don't know, I'll put my hand up and I and I don't know it. I'll not blag. Um, but hopefully, you've kind of got an idea if you you know if you come to this talk of of what I've got some knowledge about, and then I'm I'm very happy to to feel those questions. So. Um, yeah, it gives it like you said, Anna Marie. I think it gives the the audience a, an opportunity to steer it a little bit more. What are your thoughts on Brexit? <laughs> I think you said strength and conditioning in the title, Mike. <laughs> Go on, you, you come along and heckle. That's the one that you sit at the back. <laughs> I'll give you the tomatoes. <laughs> so what what's um this is a question to both of you actually what is uh what this is the first event uh, where we're gonna be you know after after 18 months uh, um not 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 seeing people kind of what is the message that you would like to get out there what if there is one message that in your talk that you would like people to to get out to get to them a key message to therapists, as in about the content of the talk. So just the explanation. So you, 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 in in general, you're gonna you're gonna do a talk. What is the what is a, a key message you would like uh, your um you would like attendees to? We might have to narrow that down for Mike because he's got four talks. <laughs> but no, it, you know, my my theme for all of it, whether I'm talking about exercise, whether I'm talking about using social media. How you think about being a better therapist, or, or how you maybe even sort of um, be a better therapist? I always go back to you know, be a master of the basics, not not sort of tinkering around. Always trying to be better and more advanced. Most of the advanced practice that we see, people have mastered the basics. They become world class at the basics, and they keep it simple. And the theme for all of my talks, regardless of the subject matter, will normally go back to take a pause, take a step back and think about the biggest bang you can get for you. But it's honestly your, your analogy. Uh, I don't know the first time it was a few years ago, the first time uh, I, I came to see you speak, Mike. Um, but your analogy about big rocks 
fill, you're trying to fill a glass as quick as you can. You start with the big rocks. You can fill in the gaps later. Um, that for me applies across the board and, and is, and is unfortunately stuck, uh, in my brain. So there is no, no other analogy now other than big rocks. What are the big rocks? Yes. And you know, the, the, uh, one of the things I do think about why I like to go to some of these conferences is that all giving back sort of thing. You know, the therapy industry has been really rewarding for me as a career in, in whatever guise or hat I've worn. And um, if I've learned from making mistakes or I've learned from doing things right, then I look back 20, 25 years and wish someone had been there to share their experiences with me. So part of it for me is to go, look, you know, this isn't just because I've done things right. These are the mistakes I've made. These are the learnings I've had because I did things wrong or it took me 10 steps to do the thing that could have taken me two steps. And I'll share that learning with you to hopefully save some of you guys time and effort and money wasted doing some of the things I did. I think that's a really selfless thing to do as well, because not everybody does that. And a lot of people pull the ladder up and, um, and maybe some of that comes from fear. And I think that, that you know, you've got a real uh, humble confidence about with, you know, everything that you do, the, uh, and the, the, the willingness and openness to share that with others, to help others, again, is, is something that is, um, you know, for anybody who's doing these types of talks who, who offer that, I think that's, that's a really, again, a, a selfless thing in, in many respects to help, you know. So, you know, the, the, I think some of the things that I like to from from these types of um, conferences or, or expos is expos are um, I, I couldn't agree more with what Mike's just said you know you kind of get the fundamentals in place and the rest you know you're thinking about marginal gale gains and yeah the adjuncts come once you understand the the, the fundamentals um, and you know where they sit then and then you've got the opportunity to to, to leverage those with with greater effect but it's the, you know, the thing about being inquisitive, be questioning, not for the sake of, of, of showing people up and trying to look good, but be questioning of and, and have that inquiry into, into something that you don't quite understand, that you want to know more about. And don't just take everything on um on face value, like if you read a new paper, go deeper than the abstract, or go deeper than the, the headlines. Uh, and that's, I guess, like what we were saying earlier about everybody that's there, you know, it, it's, you know, is that the thing for you? Has it got an evidence base to it? Has it got an application to the things that you do? So have, having that, that inquisitiveness, uh, and inquiry. And I think also, therapists as a profession do a, a tremendous job of keeping current and um doing all this cpd because it doesn't it doesn't all you know exist in everything else so i take my hats off to everybody that, that goes to do these things and pays for courses and gives up the weekends to do these these courses uh and an extra um curricular stuff to keep up to date to keep fresh to keep getting better and that you know that's that's amazing to me because that's that doesn't exist in everything in every profession either no, certainly not to the same extent that we that 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 we seem to do it. And and all right, you're always going to have people who <clears throat> will just tick off the the basic number of hours required for whatever membership they need. Um, 
but you know certainly therapists that, that we've spoken to over the last kind of 18 months or so all right it's been easy-ish uh to keep up your cpd over the last 18 months because if you were just if you were you know like me a hands-on therapist there wasn't a whole lot you could do otherwise um but even outside of that the, the number of people who for whom the number of hours that they study is irrelevant it's about trying to make sure that they are as up to speed and up to date and you know uh, i suppose thinking thinking what mikey was saying about not necessarily going to to talks you wholeheartedly disagree with um i'm with you there in terms of you know if i re if i read a uh, the equivalent to the abstract and i'm like no nah, that is so far out of my uh my wheelhouse i'm not not even going to touch it but i will if i can i will try and go to something that will challenge my biases that's some that's that's one of the things i do enjoy doing not all the time because it is uncomfortable it is challenging um but if there is something um that <sighs> feels feels like it has a basis but it is contrary to to where i sit currently i will go and try and sit in there and listen and and try and ask you know those those open questions like you were saying claire um because again that's i think the only way we learn because either, either you'll come out and go this this requires a bit more looking into or you might come out and go i was right it's fine so in terms of in terms of what you want to get out, so we've talked about what 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 you would advise other therapists um, would get out of it. Um, have you got any sort of anything in particular you want to get out of this year, uh, or is it more about just sort of re reestablishing some of those connections with with people you might not have seen for a while? I mean, I I feel I feel a bit guilty, but I need to kind of admit at this point, this is actually going to be the first time I've ever been to Therapy Expo, um, having not actually been in the world of therapy for all that long, really, um, and certainly didn't feel anywhere near qualified enough to go and uh, wander around and just introduce myself to people who I saw delivering CPD. And I was like, oh, my God, they must know what they're talking about. Um, whereas now I'm behind the curtain a little bit and I'm like, yeah, they really do know what they're talking about. Go and see these people. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a good opportunity, as we said before, uh, for me anyway, to, to catch up with some some people I've not seen for a long time in, um, or maybe even not even met. So we've made established a lot of connections over over lockdown on the on the internet. <laughs> uh, so it's nice to to meet. And like Mike said, that's a, the first time we. In fact, I think that's the only time. Is that the only time we've seen each other? Must be therapy, yeah, therapy expo, yeah. Um, so far, obviously. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to. I'm, I'm looking forward to that in particular. Yeah, exactly the same. Old connections, new connections, and those old new connections, as Claire said, that you've actually now known for a couple of years, but you've never actually shaken hands, had a coffee, chatted to people, and see that they actually do exist and they're not an avatar on the screen somewhere. I think that's yeah that's going to be one of the coolest bits i think so because uh, i mean <clears throat> particularly with both both you guys with the kind of stuff that you um have involved yourself with over again over the last 18 months i was saying mike when you were um, having internet issues to begin with i was sort of talking about how you know you two are uh fantastic uh I don't know, <laughs> poster people, I suppose, for, for embracing online and learning, but making online learning easily accessible and not fall at your fall asleep at your computer dull. Um, you know, you, you're both, you're both fantastic at the stuff you've produced, but also you do a lot of live stuff. You know, I, I have, you know, having done, uh, one of Claire's courses, in fact, during the first lockdown, it was 
pretty much the thing that got me through lockdown number one uh, and, and getting to, to listen in live to Claire on a Wednesday evening. I think you were doing it at that point. <clears throat> Um, and, and Mike, obviously, you know, through, through the SIF, the SIF health pages, you've obviously been live loads as well. Both of you have a really good ability to connect with people as opposed to just stick posts up. And therefore I think you've probably both gained a little bit like ourselves, although we've not been quite as good as, as doing it from a live perspective, you've, you've, you've sort of garnered this, this group of people, this, this group of therapists who are really engaged in what you do and engage with you probably daily in some cases and yet you've never been able to sort of like you say said to begin with Mike touch skin you know you've never been able to shake hands or high five or just sort of get to know someone again I think and that's I think really important to flip it around from that side of it you know I hope that anyone who, who does meet me is underwhelmed by me when they meet me because I ain't anything special I'm just a bog standard therapist who's stuck my face out there for a few years now talking about the stuff that I'm passionate about the normal bloke with all the same sort of skills and, and traits and mistakes and, and shortcomings anyone else has got. And, and that, you know, there's nothing special to see when you meet me. It's just that I'm one of you guys. So hopefully anything you think that I've done well, you can do yourselves. And likewise, you can not make those mistakes I made. So, um, so, so I really hope to underwhelm dozens of people when they meet me. I love that, Mike. I love that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, guys, I mean, thank you very, very much for joining us this evening. Um, it's been it's been a great natter. Obviously, we've been talking about Therapy Expo, 24th and 25th of November, uh, although only 25th for Claire, unfortunately. So if you are there on the 25th, you have to see Claire because you won't have been able to see her on the 24th, unfortunately. Um, uh, Mike, you're across both days. So People can just come and bump into you, hopefully, um, and, and wander around and be thoroughly underwhelmed by Mike, um, whilst people can be uh, overwhelmed by Anna Maria's sequence. Um, we, we really are going to have to work on this. Um, and uh, as we uh, said in our previous podcast, the, uh, the organisers of Therapy Expo have been very kind and have uh, given our listeners uh, a 20% discount code, uh, and that is MASSAGE20. So that's the word massage all in uh, uppercase and then the number 220. So that will give you a 20% off discount uh, on the ticket price at whatever time it is that you buy your tickets. Obviously, sooner rather than uh, later is a little bit better because this is uh, one of those events where the, the tickets tend to creep up in price as you get closer to the day. But with that, will you guys come and say hello to us whilst we're actually at Therapy, therapy Expo. I really have to stop that. Will you guys come and say uh, hi to us whilst we're at Therapy Expo? <laughs> yeah, of course. I thought your subliminal messaging would be subliminal, to be honest. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I know. I like know. The number of—is it, it even a Freudian slip when you just keep saying it? It's just—it's <laughs> the extra syllable. I think. I think it's the extra syllable. It, it just is. makes it more obstructive to say if That's... there's, a, if there's a, another option. Good Lord. Right. Um, so, but <laughs> the good news is, so we're planning actually on having um, our podcasting equipment with us as well. So um, if there's if, if anything uh, of particular interest grabs you and you, you want to shout it out to the world and you haven't got your own phone in front of you to, you know, live stream it, then uh, definitely come and say hello to us. Uh, we'd love to uh, say hi and, and, uh, I mean, Claire, we're going to meet. I, I haven't even met you properly, Claire, really, other than, you know, online. On I know. I, I, no, I, 
not touched, have we've we? Not touched, we've not we've cuddled. Not touched. So uh, we'll sort that out at Therapy, uh, therapy Expo. Um, <laughs> and Mike, it'd be good to see you again as well. It's been a while. So I think I think last time yeah. I saw you, there was a beard, then it went, now it's back again. Well, it's semi-back. It's, this is the thing now, isn't it? I'm going to say, what's going on there? He's, he's waving his ponytail around. I, um, I used to have long hair when I was young. When I was a teenager, I had really long hair. And... Um, then obviously, twenty years in the military will will hide that. And um, midlife crisis. Yeah, well, I've had a midlife crisis for twenty five years, but um, no, I just fancy growing my hair for a bit. So, um, so it's in the messy in between look now, where I uh, look like I've fallen off a ship in the North Atlantic. Just be glad you could grow <laughs> your hair. Well, <laughs> you can have that ponytail banging on your shoulders as you run. Mind you, you go that fast. It won't, it won't bang you go that fast, right? My man bun when I'm running. <laughs> well, is, is, this, is this a plan that on the first day of the MBS, you're just going to sort of chop it off and go, right now I'm free? No, probably not. If, if MBS is anything like the one that's just finished, I think the last thing I'll be finishing thinking about is my hair. <laughs> so, um, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah perhaps the, uh, the, the, the main will be revealed at Therapy Expo. <gasps> Whoa. I can't wait. Deal. <laughs> Feel a sequin thunder. No. <laughs> well, we will look forward to seeing it then. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both for joining us for this evening. That's been brilliant. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye all. So there you have it. Two fantastic guests and two amongst many, many good reasons to be heading off to Therapy Expo in November. So just once again, as a reminder, if you haven't yet bought your Therapy Expo ticket and you would like 20% off the ticket price at the point of purchase, then you can use the code we've been given, which is MASSAGE20, MASSAGE, all uppercase, and 220. The other thing I just thought I'd mention at the end of the podcast is actually we've uh, got Claire Minchel is coming and running a CPD course for us, two-day CPD course uh, down in Exmouth uh, based out of CrossFit Pie uh, so that she can run her strength and neuromuscular conditioning for rehabilitation course. So it's essentially uh, an evidence-based course that introduces you to the fundamentals of strength and neuromuscular conditioning within, specifically within rehabilitation settings. And and because we're working out of CrossFit's pie, CrossFit Pies box, it means that we actually have access to some proper equipment. So if you are unfamiliar with a gym environment, but you are really interested in getting a, a better understanding of strength and conditioning, then this is the perfect two-day course for you. If you want some more information on that, then you can go to the stschool.co.uk. So that's the stschool.co.uk under CPD Workshops, and you'll find Claire's course there for a little bit more information. So that's it from us for now. We have one more episode to come out before we actually get to see all your faces for real uh, at Therapy Expo, uh, for which we can't wait. And uh, as we mentioned, we're going to have all of our podcasting equipment there live as well. So if you are a therapist and you've got something you want to say, then do come and find uh, us on stand. We will be recording throughout the day and we would love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.